0: Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking. I am Kathy Cook-Noble and I will be with you for the next hour or so guiding you through our Financially Speaking show uh, right here on the Inspired Choices Network where we try and break down the mystery and the fear of talking about money and all the financial things that we hear and see on TV that we're afraid to tackle ourselves. But actually we can do it. We are perfectly capable of understanding our own stuff. And we're certainly capable of looking after um, our our own information and our own financial stuff. That's actually the purpose of the show is we just take what seems complicated and we break it down to something that's very manageable. And I say seems complicated because I know how sometimes the TV and the radio and all those different shows portray the financial industry and they make it sound super complicated um, and that you just can't do it yourself, you can't understand it. And the reality is you really can and that's what we do here on financially speaking and and really that's what we do on the Inspired Choices Network is we help people get empowered to handle their own their own lives and their own situations and their own information so that we can make the best choices for ourselves and our families. I am super super excited to finally get this guest on my radio show. We have um known each other for a really long time, so I was after her to to join the show, and um, I finally wore her down, and she is going to join us tonight, and I know this is going to be a real treat for everybody that's listening, especially those of you in Canada and the United States, because this is the lady that is going to help you with all your frustration. So if you're just like me and every other entrepreneur out there and you have had that frustration with red tape and you know at some point you've all had it, whether it's getting your business license even started or registering for your tax number or whatever the case may be, you are probably in the majority of us where we have had some frustration with red tape. And this is Lisa Gibson, whose expertise is red tape. She is an expert in administrative details, like getting through the red tape. She has the experience to get these things done. She's worked in high levels of government roles, as well as top management positions in education. She now focuses on entrepreneurs and small businesses to help them grow, and she offers the extra help, advice, and guidance when it's needed. So eliminating the red tape is one of her superpowers. I have seen it happen. It is a beautiful thing. And I am super excited to have her here. I want to give you a little bit of background on uh, where Lisa's come from, and a little bit about who she is. And when we before we talk to her, she's the founder of a company called Rostry Agency, which is an executive business solutions company. And she acts as the chief administrative officer. She has a master's degree in public administration, so she definitely knows a lot about government um, with her work experience and her education. Her focus is on local government, and she went to Western University in Ontario, which is one of the top league schools in Canada. She has an undergraduate degree in geography and political science. She's got over 25 years of executive administrative experience, and that includes over 11 years working on Parliament Hill in Canada. So she was right there. She's seen a lot, seen it all, really, and helped to, to do a lot with um, administration. She's got a lot of variety of skills in administration, government relations-related roles, as well as four years she spent as the Director of Administration at the Faculty of Law at Western University. So during her time in Ottawa, she also spent three years working for an NGO called the Canadian Society for International Health, and she worked side-by-side with the Executive Director on various issues such as communications, government relations, advocacy, and other agencies, relations with the Board of Directors and various committees and promoting health sector projects that the Canadian Society for International Health implements overseas. So Lisa spent several years managing and organizing municipal, provincial, and federal election campaigns and fundraisers and volunteering at various country music events across Ontario. She's been published in the August 2014 edition of Municipal World Magazine, Getting on the Radar, the Importance of Intergovernmental Relations in Small and Medium-Sized Municipalities. We will ask her if it's available online so that you can all check it out because you will want to look at Municipal World Magazine, pages 31 to 34 specifically, because that's where Lisa is. Last year, she was the cover girl for a magazine focused on business, which we'll talk to her about she, Her company is the culmination of a broad set of skills and expertise developed over several years of work, education, and volunteer experience. Lisa has taken it all and put it together by doing the work herself, doing the education herself, volunteering herself, so that you don't have to be frustrated. Lisa, welcome to Financially Speaking. I'm super happy to have you here tonight.
2: Well, Kathy, thank you so much for having me. That was quite an introduction
1: there. <laughs> well, I know I've been after you for a while. And I've been waiting for it, so I finally got you here. I finally got you here because you're like the secret weapon that businesses need. And red tape—we're gonna—we'll talk about red tape. And I know that's one of the things you do. And we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff you do. First, I want to give you a couple minutes just to introduce yourself to our listeners and and share with them how you became the entrepreneur that you are, and just a little bit more about you that mm-hmm. um, that you would like to share.
2: Sure. Okay. So, I, I spent most of my working life in administration, both in nonprofit, education and government. And uh, that was, you know, I kind of hit all the sectors. And then I had a, a bit of a personal incident happen to me in 2011, which uh, prevented me from working full-time. And it gave me a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do next. And, um, I went to go talk to a business counselor and say, you know, I have some ideas, you know, should I get into retail, should I do this, and I got some really great advice from this business counselor who said, you've never worked in retail, you've never worked in in food services, don't try and do something you're not, go home, write down everything you're good at, everything you enjoy doing, uh, you know, whether it's writing or research or writing press releases or, you know, helping people get their passports or helping seniors deal with pensions. and." all of that stuff that you have experience in and that you actually enjoy doing, write it all down, and then let's see if we can form a business out of it. And I thought, this lady's crazy. Who would pay Who would pay for those kind of services? And so I did. Mm-hmm. I went home, and I, I, I pulled it all together, and I ended up having pages and pages and pages of things. And I went back to see her, and she said, okay, there you go. There's your business. And I, I, I still didn't see it because I it was just what I did. I didn't... I didn't because I didn't need those services. I didn't see it as a demand, um, but it was kind of early on. It was back in 2012 and 11 that we were thinking about this, uh, and and at that point in time, the whole virtual assistant was just kind of coming into Canada, and people were realizing that you don't have to go in and punch a clock and work nine to five at a desk to actually get work done. So I, I originally kind of branded myself as being a virtual assistant. And uh, because I was working virtual, due to the fact that my injury had prevented me from being able to go in and work a typical nine to five job, but it uh, it really just became a culmination of everything that I love to do, and what it seems like everybody else hates to do. So, I um, yeah. I started a Street agency, and and that's how it started.
1: Awesome, and it's the fact that you brought up the virtual assistant. I'm I'm glad you did because when people think of virtual assistants. Um, they think of somebody that's, you know, maybe writing their resume or writing a spreadsheet out for them or something. A simple a simple task, really, is what you're thinking of, like fill out a couple, you know, forms from HST or, or whatever. But what you do is really a lot high level of executive tasks. So for you and just so for everybody that's listening, um, Lisa's the one that comes in for a particular project or particular task gets it done, gets it organized, puts the system into place or whatever the case may be that really moves the businesses forward. And then she on or she's available on a, you know, monthly catch up if you need her type thing. So it's such a it's such an awesome concept that you came up with that took the virtual assistant to a whole new level really, don't you think?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I, after probably about my second year, so right now I'm in my, just crossed over my fourth year. After about my second year, I started really not connecting with the term virtual assistant, and I, I was struggling with it, and I, I couldn't figure out why it wasn't speaking to me. Uh, and I think, you know, when people would call me, you're right; they would say, "Oh, well, you know, can I? I'm looking for somebody to do my scheduling or somebody to answer my phone calls." Or and and although that is all administrative work, it is much more junior level, much more entry level, and that wasn't what. I get my passion out of, and, and that wasn't the experience that I had that I wanted to share. So I took a step back and kind of revamped uh, my website and revamped what it is I actually do because, for the most part, people, they don't understand um, how I can help their business until I get there. So, for example, yeah. I have a client in Woodbridge, and she's a, um, a doctor of sorts. Um, there's more than, just, more than just a medical doctor. And yep. her, she's fantastic at what she does. Paperwork, disaster. So yeah. I went in to her home office and I cleaned up like back years of taxes and put in a system and and made things automated for her and and you know added. She's always ordering stuff online for her resources and books and so I just go in and and got her. It probably took about four or five visits to get her right up to speed. And now I go like once a month or once every other month and we just kind of do a bit of a touch-up and she's so much more streamlined, so much more organized, uh, and she doesn't have to worry about any of her paperwork. It's all taken care of.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And and because we're, this is a financially speaking as the show, um, I have to say, like I, I mean, I always joke that everything comes back to finances and and. For those of you that know me, you know it's not really a joke, it's actually true. But uh, in this case, this this and sometimes people don't always see the financial part of it, but this is one of those tangible things that you can see. It costs a lot of money to make mistakes in your books and your your business when it comes to paperwork, especially government remittances and and it also costs you a lot of money if you're not filling in your paperwork right to get your pensions in or to apply for government grants or to apply for different government programs. So it can be a real expensive dollars and cents, not just time, because you can also lose a lot in time. But Lisa, your expertise really is to get all this stuff done, and it saves a lot of money. It's so much cheaper to hire Lisa to come in and and do this program for you or system for you. Because you don't have to go through the whole employment setup and everything like that, and it saves you a lot of money. So um, you you must find that you you've found, you know, different over the time or your different years and different clients, you've saved them a pile of money.
2: Oh yes, yeah. just just the client I was just telling you about. You know, uh, this person drives all over the GTA, and I was I'd be doing her bills, and I'm seeing she's spending like five, six, eight hundred dollars a month on the four hundred seven and like spending thousands of dollars that was completely unnecessary because she hadn't taken the time to sit down and order a transponder and then set up yeah. her credit card to automatically pay the transponder. And it was just – it was like a 15-minute task that cost her hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Now she's down to like – I think on average it's about a $200 bill a month and it's it's taken care of already. So there's no late fees. There's no administration fees. There's no – so that's just one yeah. example, but it it's people – think about the actual output of, oh, I have to pay someone, you know, so many dollars an hour, uh, I should just do it myself. But what they're really doing is struggling to do a task, a job, a project that they hate when they could pay me to do it and I get it done in a quarter of the time and they can be out doing what they do best, whether that's networking, whether that's sales, you know, whether it's actually doing the job at hand. Uh, so it's when it's people shift the mindset to see that, this is really an investment in their business.
1: Absolutely. And the other nice thing when you when you say that, and I'm so glad you did, is it's also a situation where sometimes people, they have enough work right now for maybe two or three weeks for somebody, but they can't actually provide enough work to keep them employed. So it's ideal. They say, okay, I got this person, I got you coming in for three weeks to do this. It's going to get everything I need done, and then I don't have to worry about finding work for you because you're not an employee and I don't have to, to concern myself with any of those issues where now I gotta find work for you because I hired you on. Or, or the reverse, right? I don't have the work, now I gotta lay you off. So it takes away that stress too. And I know that's stressful for a lot of employers, um, which is, it's, it's just a, such a phenomenal alternative. And, uh, it gets so much great stuff done. And, and like I said before, it's a higher level, of work that you're doing, so you, you do some stuff that people don't even know they should be doing, which is which is right. fantastic. So, yeah, um, we are actually up to our first break if you can believe it. So we're gonna take a, a quick break, and we're gonna we got Lisa here for tonight. Please call in or join us in the chat room. Ask any questions. I, if Lisa doesn't know the answer, she will be able to get you the answer. She is the top research person you'd want to know. Um so we're going to take our first break and when we come back we're going to talk to Lisa a little bit more about you know the great things about her job, um some of the things that aren't aren't so great, um maybe some outrageous requests that she's had and we'll talk to her a little bit more um about her personal accident because I know there's um there's a passion that that Lisa also has uh helping people because of her accident. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Lisa about how to cut through the red tape and be happy about it. We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today our show topic is all about red tape and how frustrating it can be as a Entrepreneur and also just as an individual. So before we went to break, we were talking to Lisa Gibson, the red tape superpower cutter, on, uh, on her business of Ross Street Agency, where she helps people with different tasks and systems and programs setting up in her business, uh, getting through red tape. And by that, I mean, she knows how to navigate through the, the, the paperwork of the government and of local business. And she's also not just for business. She's done some great stuff for people with pension needs and disability needs where as an individual, you really don't know where to turn and that's where Lisa really does shine and come through to to help you get your paperwork through and and get your money, which is key, right? And I mentioned before we went to the show how uh, to break how expensive it can be financially by not getting your paperwork right, by not filing things on time, by things that you missed because you didn't know they were out there. Grant writing. I know Lisa's done work on grants for businesses, and we'll talk to her about that as well. So join us. Uh, ask your questions in the chat room. Call in. Uh, we'll get Lisa's information so you can call her directly if you need to, and she will talk to you then. So Lisa, before we went to break, we were just talking about the the you know the differences in business and how you evolved. And now that you've been there a few years, um, do you have any parts that you you like the best, or different jobs that you prefer, or have you had what's you know any downfalls that you the parts of the job that you don't really like that you have to do anyway um what's your sure. thoughts there <laughs> i think we
2: all have those but um as my yeah. business has evolved i've i've really decided to listen to my heart and and follow my passion and my passion is uh government relations and dealing with government bureaucracy it's you know i spent 11 and a half years working on parliament hill in ottawa and um followed with a, a master's in local government. And, you know, I really enjoy the all the different levels of government. And although I've never worked directly uh, at Queen's Park provincially, I do a lot of provincial lobbying work uh, with some clients. So, And I think that the biggest frustration is people just don't understand the different levels of government. They don't understand what they do, and they really don't understand how to communicate with them. And I do. And it, it's kind of... Like once you know the rules, it's like football. Once you know the rules of the game, you can you can watch it and you can play it because you get it. Um, government is dealing with government is the same way. Once you know the rules and who the players are um, and what the game is, you can figure out how to navigate it. Uh, for most people, though, it's extremely frustrating, and I I actually quite enjoy it. So it's it's a real pleasure for me when I can help someone, you know, get their disability pension or old age pension, or I can help them. You know, fight back against city hall, or I can, you know, help them lobby the provincial government for you know a certain um, whether it's a, a policy change or something they're looking for. It's really uh, satisfying to me to help to know that I've helped this person. So, Absolutely. as for things I and don't like, yeah. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. I'm going to say this, the things that I, that I don't enjoy. You know, like myself, I'm uh, I still have books to do and paperwork to do and receding and bookkeeping and. uh uh, you know, I, I do that for some other people just, just because it's part of maybe some other work I'm doing, but it's definitely not my first choice. So I'd rather have someone like you and your companies handle my bookkeeping <laughs> and then I can be free to do other people's work. So uh it's great that we have these connections so that you can actually give the work to the right person and you can spend your time doing what you do best. So.
1: And, and I find too, and, and I'm, going to guess that you do too when when you do that you're even more successful because you're just focusing on the stuff you like and you don't have that oh I got to go do that now and I don't like doing that as much so you you just maintain that happy place of of work right
2: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah um i was going to ask you too i know um when we're talking about we're making references to parliament hill in canada which is in Ottawa and uh, Queens Park, which is in Toronto. That's our provincial head office, if you will, for government. Um, Lisa also don't, I, I, I guess, don't be, um, don't be confused thinking that she's just Canadian-based because Lisa's actually done work all over the world. And government is government. I know there's different rules with government, and this is what I'm going to ask Lisa uh, when she's working with different governments and different jurisdictions, be it the United States you know different states have different rules the federal government has different rules but but really government is government right lisa you can navigate your way through the different systems and the different structures in in both canada and the united states
2: oh yes and you know like right now i have a client who who wants to um <clears throat> get their italian citizenship so i'm i'm dealing with actually the the consulate here but i'm also dealing with italy you know i've had some people that require um that are dual citizens of the U.S. and Canada, and I've had to work with government departments there, and and you're right, it is absolutely that bureaucracy is bureaucracy, and there's a hierarchy and a structure, and there's people that um, can help you, and there's people that can't help you, and sometimes it takes a while to hunt out and research who that person is. Um, Like right now, I'm also organizing a kind of a political advocacy event and film screening in Washington, and... um, it's a matter of sussing out the right levels of government, inviting the right people, talking to the right uh, people. And it's all because the systems are very similar. As you said, whether I'm dealing with a government in Egypt or whether, you know, as long as you're, for the most part, a progressive government, uh, you have similar setups and similar hierarchies. And it's just a matter of getting to the right people and networking. And, you know, and I, I had a situation I had to deal with in Washington once, and I, I figured, how am I going to get into this? I need to talk to the specific person. And I went on LinkedIn, pulled up my network, and it ends up that someone I worked with on Parliament Hill, like, 15 years ago, works in Washington, and they were connected to that department, and within five minutes, I had the right person who I just needed to talk to to solve
1: this problem for someone. So yeah, that's
2: um, awesome.
1: I love doing And that's like that. Re- <clears throat> that. And that's so cool. Like, that's, that's exactly what... Everyone out there needs somebody like Lisa for, because those kind of connections and relationships they took years to um, to make and years to keep. And the relationships that she, that that Lisa has in the network that she has would not be the same as what the rest of us would have. And like for me in the financial world, that's not exactly government heavy. <laughs> I mean, you have clients that work for the government, not exactly the same thing. So this is why the the service that Lisa provides is so very exciting for me because it's just it's literally taken her years to hone this skill and this business and makes it look so easy, right? Like in five minutes she gets the answer. Well, we would still be working on it two years later. So this is why it's so great to have a connection like Lisa and to know that she can <laughs> she can we can move her globally. So it's very exciting. Well, enough um, that-
2: that's been a, yeah. a great help for me <clears throat> with my contacts.
1: So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. So
1: I wanted I wanted to ask you, um, because I know that you mentioned it a little bit, and if you're all right with talking about it, that you had a personal accident um, a couple years ago now, and you became a, a huge advocate. And, and I know this is obviously close to my heart because it's financial, but you became a big advocate for disability, critical illness insurance because you were you were the victim of something that actually could see the benefit of it. So if you're okay sharing it uh, about your accident and, and how that came about sure. then uh that was great. Okay. Sure. So yeah,
2: about seven years ago um I decided to go on a holiday over the course of the winter and just had a very simple trip and fall, um which uh most people would most people do after a couple of drinks at the bar, but uh <laughs> Luckily mine actually was on the way to dinner and uh but I had a very simple trip and fall, but the way I fell actually ruined my right leg, damaged my several bones in my left leg and uh caused permanent nerve damage uh in my right leg. And it it really affected my work. Um my employer at the time couldn't see past the immediate. Uh they 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 really just basically thought I was no longer able to be productive and and they tried to eliminate my job and they tried to get rid of me with no severance and um would have left me homeless but um I fought the system and um ended up getting you know financially taken care of and you know I just needed some time for my body to heal and some rehab and uh, there was nothing wrong with my brain it was perfectly functioning so it was just a matter I was a bit physically limited and, uh, you know, all the work we do with accessibility and that, there's still a mindset that when you're not physically able that it's very difficult in the uh, in the work world. So, but luckily I had money put away and I had some insurance and, you know, I was able to, it was rough, but I was able to live out a couple of years really until my business got up and running and now I look at people who think, you know, what, oh, I don't need that. I'll be fine. Or my work will take care of me. And, you know, really, you, you can't bank on that. And the we have, there's disability insurance and critical illness insurance for a reason. And I know people think, oh, it'll never happen to me. And I probably 10 years ago would have been one of those people. But now, now I would say it's worth it. It's Especially do it when you're young and you're healthy because you just never know when you might need it. So... It's um i would I probably wouldn't have started my business had it not been for that because i I did leave the other job and I decided I didn't want someone else determining my future and I took what little insurance money I had and and savings, and that's how I built the business
1: and and Lisa, you became such an advocate for it, like you're actually in the process of becoming licensed to to help people with disability and critical illness your insurance yourself. Isn't that right? I
2: am, yes. I'm studying I'm studying yeah. for the test and I'm I'm trying to trying to get all the information I need under my belt because uh, I do think it's important and I think when people hear it from somebody who has actually happened to it and has used it, uh, they'll think twice about whether or not they think it's a waste of money. You know, it's probably the cost of your, you know, Starbucks a day and uh trust me, when you need it you'll be thanking. Me. For you, Most yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's fantastic. Um, and it's just you—you you help everybody with their disability getting it, and after you see the the results of it, and now you're going to be in a position where you can be like, listen, I can get you set up so that if something does happen, you're going to be prepared instead of coming to me when you're not prepared and helping you to fight through the system and and yeah, get to and where you need to. Yeah, and sometimes
2: waiting for years, you know, the government. Yeah. Back uh, backlog on disability paperwork is is sometimes a couple years out, so it, you can't rely on the government to give you disability um, pensions when um, they're they're literally years behind. So you have to be pro you have to be proactive and take care of it yourself.
1: Absolutely, um, we are up to our second break for the night, and we're going to take a break and come back and talk to Lisa more about what's in what's coming up next for her and what parts. Uh, where she where she's expanding in her business and uh, all the new things that she's going to be involved in so stay tuned and we'll talk to her about that so you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network and when we return we're going to continue to discuss mm-hmm. the frustration of red tape and how Lisa Gypsy can help us get through it we'll be right back
0: Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we are talking about the frustration of red tape. We've all been there. We've all done it. We've all endured it and hopefully got the project done right. Um Before we went to break, we were talking to Lisa Gibson about how she busts through all the red tape. And, and all those years of cultivating her relationships has helped her really get to a position where the executive... Uh, business solutions has really come to to life because a lot of people in business, I know in business myself and all the different businesses I've been involved in, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and it can be very costly to either hire somebody or to take your time and do it yourself and that's where somebody like Lisa comes in. Um, So before we went to break we were were chatting about uh, Lisa's personal uh, injury that she went through and how she's now a, a big advocate. For people with disability and critical illness needs, to the point she's actually going to be licensed and able to write the policies herself. So what's what's so that's one of the growth things that you're doing with your business. Your business is growing for sure. Um, what's next on the the radar, Lisa? Do you have anything planned for growing next or growing into new markets, or where you at?
2: Well, for the next year, we're kind of right now in an election cycle. Uh, we just finished a provincial election in the province of Ontario and. We're about to go into um, a series of municipal elections, and then next year we'll be in a federal election in Canada, and elections and campaigns are my personal passion, and uh, one of the things I did a couple of years ago, which I thoroughly enjoy and which I'll be working to do again uh, next year, is training of staff for people that get elected as members of parliament or members of provincial parliament or you know, working for City Hall, I think there's a lot of people that think they know what needs to be done or think they know how to do things, but there isn't really, there isn't really a training manual. You get elected and you hire staff and you hope, okay, hopefully they know what they're doing. And unfortunately, when you're in a position like that, you know, the smallest mistake can be a a PR nightmare for an elected official. So, You know, I spent some time training some staff on Parliament Hill and I checked in with them. I just checked in with them actually in April and they, you know, of the five people I trained, two had moved on. But the three that remained, they had accepted and enveloped and implemented the training so well that they were able to train the two new incoming people. So awesome. that was really nice. I appreciated that, that kudos. Uh, it might be a little bit bad for business if I train them too well. Um, but because <laughs> we're about to go into an election cycle, um, and that is something as well, you know, to expand that out into the states, uh, I think that's a real need is that when you're representing someone that works in government, whether it's locally, municipal, like provincially or federally, uh, there's some training on how to handle casework, you know, how to deal with clients you know, how to respond, how to research cases, like, you know, you'll get clients say, oh, geez, you know, I've got a uh, a whole trailer full of pigs that need to go to the States, but I filled up, I didn't fill out the right paperwork. And now they're sitting at the border and it's 35 degrees. And, you know, they're going to close the border for the nighttime and they got it overnight. And how do I get this fixed? And they just don't know where to begin. They don't have the problem solving skills. They don't have the resources and they don't have the connection. So. Uh, that is something that I want to grow a bit bigger, so that I can help train uh, the next generation of people that can handle these type of jobs.
1: Awesome! And for our American friends that are listening, training the staff when it's an MP's office is who you're training. Like this is not where you're training. You're, I mean, you do train at the local level too, but at the federal level, you were training. These are our ministers. Our uh, ministers of our Oh my goodness! The MPs and the MPPs—you're training, members of parliament and members of provincial parliament. So members of parliament are, are federal ones, and that would be equivalent to what in the United States? A governor, the equivalent
2: that be- to a governor, a governor. Office. Yeah, right. and when um, and, and we also have here what we call cabinet ministers and uh, and senators, and they would be they would be uh, there's similar titles in the state. So there's the Senate and the House. Uh, so these are high level elected leaders that have staff right. and you know we, we see daily on um different news channels some of the mistakes that can be made by governments, um people in front of media and you know, training the staff, your the people that are behind you, your team, it's critically
1: important to your success. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's fantastic. And you're right, they don't come with the training manual. So you get thrown into those okay. positions. I mean, you get elected to it, but you don't know really when you're when you're running for those jobs, you really don't know what you're signing up for, do you? No, you don't. Um, wanted to ask you too because I know you also do um business grants and and grant writing. And I know there's there's companies out there that do it, but um do you find that when you do the grant writing, it's easier because you know your way through the government system to find the grants? Because I know they're not easy, both in Canada and the United States. It's not easy. People, you know, there's grants out there, but, you know, you have to find them, fill out the paperwork and make sure you apply and, and qualify and all that stuff. Um, do you find that the um, business grant writing? Oh, well, somebody's calling you already. <laughs> they need a business <laughs> grant done. Um <laughs> What uh, what do you find with writing business grants? Are those easier or harder because of your government inf- government knowledge? Uh,
2: well, I think for me they're easier because um, the government, they, they do have a system. They have behind the scenes, they have criteria that they make decisions on. And whether we agree with that criteria or whether we like that criteria, it doesn't matter. They have criteria. Uh, somebody in a position decided whether they had rhyme or reason, This is the criteria, and so you have to know, like any writing, you have to write to your audience, and I find that when I read people's previous grants, they're writing passionately about what it is they do and what they want the money for, but they're not connecting with their audience. They're not connecting with the decision maker. They're not able to write uh, the grant or the application in a manner that is speaking to the person who's making the decision. And that person who's making a decision has four or five hundred, a thousand applications. Um, Sometimes it's random and sometimes it's just connecting with them. And so because I've had to do that so many times, and whether it be for appointments or whether it be for infrastructure grants or, you know, regardless, um, you learn to write to your audience. Now, I haven't been successful every single time, but for the most part, I have a pretty good record and it's it's about knowing who that decision maker is is on the other end and what's going to get their attention. And sometimes it doesn't nice. make any sense to the person writing the grant or receiving the grant, but that doesn't matter. It's about actually getting through that that wall, getting through that red tape and getting your application to the right person who makes that decision.
1: Absolutely. And That's what are I there are there a lot of gr- are there a lot of government grants out there? I mean, you would know this better than anybody you hear but are there really a lot of grants out there?
2: There's not a lot of grants they publicize the The system you know works on a bit of a cycle, so the government has is normally in somewhere three to four years and so they plan their budget accordingly and so if if someone got a grant year one uh unless some miracle happens and you know Bill Gates gave them a bazillion dollars uh they're gonna need the money next year, so often the you know the government bureaucrats will just allocate that money to that organization. For the next three to four years, and yes, they have to fill out an application to have a current one on file, but there's no decision to be made. So a lot of the mm-hmm. money is already spoken for. It's already a claim behind the scenes to people that get it every year. Is that fair? I don't know. It's not my say. Uh, is it how it works? It mm-hmm. is. Uh, do they have other pools of money that come up for applications? It totally depends on their budget. Um, you know, people think government budgets should be like a business money in money out but it doesn't really work that way and there will be times where you'll have less staff you'll have more staff you'll have rotational staff you'll have uh expenditures one year that you didn't have the other year so um when the money comes up in one pot then they take it out of another and it just it kind of shifts like a bit of a you know a a, like like that lady that does all the money jars on television you know you get this much for groceries and this much for money when that jar is empty oh sorry about your luck, the grants are about the same, you know, so there will be a pot of money that there may be one year have a lot of money and the next year there won't be. So it's uh, it's kind of also just staying in touch with the people and, and knowing when is a good time to apply for those grants.
1: And, and is it dependent on when the election is? Like would you say before the election or is it after the election? Or is there a pattern that way where the best time would fall? I think
2: there there is a pattern in how government operates when it comes to an election. So, you know, once an election is called, um, nothing gets signed off on until the next government is sworn in. So, you know, you don't want to leave things to the last minute if we're going to have an election in October and you decide to apply for a grant. And now the grant may not close till November, but don't wait till October. Like, apply for it back in, you know, the end of August, beginning of September to give uh, bureaucrats a chance to get that. Paperwork done before there is an election change. So
1: nice. Oh, well, that's very cool. Just be organized. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot of pieces to the government that people don't realize. It's not just, you know, you have for for us here, and and I think for the United States as well. They have the three levels. They have their local level, and then they have their provincial or state level, and then they have their federal level. Yep. But within those, there's a whole lot of different levels of of people and and different bureaucracies and organizations. So there's levels within the levels, isn't there?
2: Yes, there is. And they all have a lot of red tape.
1: Yeah, I know. And you just run around with your scissors and cut right through that, which is awesome. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Um, So I wanted to ask you, I know on your website, yeah, it's all strategy. That's great. Go ahead. I love that. That's um oh, one of my favorite like okay. I love strategy
2: yeah. strategy,
1: yeah, yeah, that's great so different yeah, um, and it's no different than a True. financial plan what you're talking about. you put it all together, and the pieces fit, that's right, um I want to talk to you when we're we're coming up to our third break of the night, but when we come back, I know on your web you got but you have a beautiful website by the way, it's rossstreetagency.com. com that's r o s s F-T-R-E-T, A G E N C Y dot com for anybody that needs to talk to Lisa or contact her, you can contact her directly through her website as well. Um, you you do have on your website about the difference between working in your business and working on your business. So when we come back from the break, I w- was going to ask you to just expand on that and ex- and help the entrepreneurs and the self employed people that are listening to really understand the difference and how it can save them a lot of money, time, heartache. Um, Frustration, because <laughs> frustration for sure happens okay. when uh, we're talking about red tape and stuff like that. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Lisa um, when we come back from the break about working in your business versus working on your business. There is a big difference, and it will make your life a lot easier once you understand the difference. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And we, when we return, we're gonna continue to talk about red tape, how to get through it, and really just how to understand the importance of running your business um, versus it running you, I guess, uh, when we talk to Lisa Gibson, We will be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookkeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook Noble on the Inspired Choices Network, and today our show topic is. If you're frustrated with red tape, then you need to talk to Lisa Gibson. It's just that simple. She is the person that will help you get through whatever your frustration is, and she will advance you to the next level and take you over the rainbow to happiness. Because that's how you will feel <laughs> once you get this done. Um, <laughs> that's kind of picture you around with a pair of scissors, Lisa, just cutting red tape. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, before we went to the, I know, right? Uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about. Um, you know, different avenues of the business writing and the grant writing and stuff that you do, but you also have um, a really, you have a great website, it's beautiful, and the difference between working in your business and working on your business, um, just, can you help with people understanding the difference, because it's a huge, huge importance to understand that, I think.
2: Sure, I think, you know, when people decide they want to be an entrepreneur, they're, they they have a skill that they do really well, and they know there's a market for it, so they decide they're going to start a business, and that could be, you know, a mechanic, it could be a hairdresser, uh, it could be somebody who wants to be a DJ, it could be a bookkeeper, so they have a skill set, and the skill set is in demand, and people need those services, and so they decide they're going to open a business. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes three, four, five years in, Uh, You know, the business fails, and it's not because they weren't good at what it is they do, it's because they were too busy working in the business, and they weren't working on the business. So, you know, being a great mechanic is fantastic, but if that's all you want to do, then maybe you should just be a good mechanic. Or, if you want to be an entrepreneur, be a, a really good mechanic, and then hire People to help you with your business because running a business and and working on your business means growing your business through networking, through you know customer relations, uh, through you know reading and keeping up on you know what's going on trending, you know being online on social media. Uh, it means taking care of all the finances, so your bookkeeping, your accounting, your taxes, your HST, your receiving you know, all of that type of stuff. Uh, Your advertising, your marketing, um, you know, so there are so many factors to growing your business that you can't just do the work. Like if I only did people's tasks, like the projects they gave me, no one would know who I was. No one would know where to find me. No one would know what I'm capable of doing. So, you know, you have to learn to have other, you have to give up, control a little bit and hire that bookkeeper and hire that virtual assistant and hire that, you know, person to take care of your advertising because all of that really is working on your business. Uh, and so is dealing with your administrative uh, details. And whether you do it directly or whether you hire someone to do it, uh, it's all part of on your business. So I think it's very important that once you make that um, mind shift, that you understand, yes, I have tasks to do to make the business run, but I also have to grow the business and work on the business, uh, then you'll find that things will just grow exponentially.
1: Absolutely. And that's such important advice. And I can tell you from uh, business school and and doing various business courses and running businesses, that is not something that gets explained or talked about And it should because people get people get so caught up in I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. And and they're good at being busy, but they're not always good at being efficient or profitable. And that's where a lot of businesses really, really fall down. And that's really where you step up. Right. Like they can if you're a mechanic, like you said, and you're a great mechanic. You're the one. Come in. Set up the system. Make sure people have the government compliance. Yep. Make sure they have their HST number, whatever province they're in or state they're in. That's really ideal for what you do, isn't it? To just come in and bam, Absolutely. get it set up, get it yeah. going. And they you know, and go and ahead. There's nothing just,
2: wrong with them saying, you know what, this isn't what I'm what I'm good at. It's you know, do what you do really well and then, yeah, I come in and whether I set up your social media or whether I set up your, you know, your filing system or whether I set up your government uh, compliance paperwork, uh you're still out there doing your thing and you're still out there, you know, telling people what a great mechanic you are, uh, but your business is growing behind the scenes and people think you're, you know, you're wearing nine hats. So, that's what I help yeah. businesses do and that's, and, and the nice thing is is that, yeah, you don't have to put me on payroll, and that's one thing we kind of smooth over a little bit. I'm, I'm the person who comes in. You hire me, whether it's, you know, an hour, uh, once a day, once a week, once a month, uh, once every six months. Um, I come in, do the project, I bill you, I go home. And when you need me, you call me back. You know, you don't have to, you know, give me a desk. You don't have to give me space. You don't have to put me on payroll. You don't have to pay for my benefits. Uh, you pay for the time I spend growing your business. And, and the rest of the time, you enjoy the benefits of it.
1: And you can also do part of the project too. So you would also be able to come in and get it started, and say, "This is the these are the steps they have to take to finish it," and then turn it over to them too, couldn't you?
2: Absolutely. And that's that's. I have a project in Washington right now where I have part of the project, and I'm I'm facilitating one piece of it. And then we've got other parts delegated out and I'm just kind of overseeing it just to make sure things get smoothly. And some people have a really hard time letting go with that, but once they realize that they just need that little bit of help, uh, they often keep coming back, you know, when they have other projects. So.
1: Awesome. Um, we have about a minute left. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You've got them, you've educated them well. I love it. Um, we have about a minute left on the show tonight. So. I just want to give that minute to you, Lisa, and is, what would you recommend to, as far as advice goes, or what would you like to share either about what's coming up for you, how to get a hold of you would be great if you want to share that information as well. Um, so we just have a last minute to really wrap up what, what, um, whatever you want to share right now.
2: Sure. I think um, what I'd like, you know, people to understand is that, uh, you know, no job is, is, Too small, and I think some people think, oh, you know, she wouldn't want to do this, or and you know what, I I have some other people that I subcontract, so you know, whatever we can do to make your life easier, just give me a call. You know, my my cell phone's on my website, and Kathy's, you know, promoting my website there, rosteredagency.com, and I think sometimes people get overwhelmed with where to even to begin, where even to start. And sometimes it's just a phone call with me and maybe at the end of the phone call they figured it out and they don't need my services or maybe we just start with something small and it usually grows from there. But, you know, make that first step and try and um, solve at least one piece of the puzzle and then we can always go from there.
1: That's awesome. So. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Financially Speaking. I'm so happy that I finally convinced you or at least nailed you down from your jet setting around the world. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us. I encourage anybody, if you need anything, reach out, email, call, whatever you need with Lisa. She is there and available. Um, we will see you next week. Thanks, thank you for
0: choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.